This week's guest on the show is Rose Fernando, who joins us from London, England. A whiskey aficionado and a former Johnny Walker Experience Ambassador, Rose has an extensive knowledge of all things whiskey. Rose developed an interest in whiskey when she entered a cocktail contest and decided to use Johnny Walker as her main spirit. Eventually, this led to a deep admiration of the Johnny Walker brand. Rose discusses the many differences between all the different varieties of Johnny Walker whiskey. We talk about the blending process, and we also talk about the Johnny Walker experience on Princess Street in Edinburgh, Scotland, the equivalent of Disneyland for whiskey drinkers. Rose is a terrific guest. Enjoy the show. Okay, we're back with another episode of the Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Kip. The super producer of the show is Dan to my right. How are you doing? Still awesome. No yep. complaints there. Still always awesome. Consistency is key, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself? How are things going with you? Things are good. Picking up at the bars. Uh, we should always mention, if you're in the Kitchen Waterloo area, Babylon Sisters, Uptown Waterloo is the wine bar. Sugar Run, Downtown Kitchener is the speakeasy. You should be checking these places out. Things are picking up for business-wise, though. People are starting to be less afraid to go out, so that's always yeah. a good thing. And did the warm weather help the weekend? Uh, yeah, it did. It doesn't help Sugar Run because oh, it's, it, it's in a basement. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it does It does help Babylon. We were very busy, so it's good. So, yeah, people are out again. Come check out the bars if you can. Also, we should mention that our new third member of the team, Yelena Anter, with Cocktail Vision, you should be checking out her stuff. Her and I will be interviewing people at Tales of the Cocktail in New Orleans at July 27th to July 29th. So if you are going to be there, you should DM us at the Industry Podcast and let us know so we can meet up and do a quick interview. And that includes people who have been on the show before as well. That's also a great way to be on the show. If you mm-hmm. are interested in being on the show and you're in the service industry, DM us at the Industry Podcast on Instagram. Or you can email us directly at info at the Industry club. We like all the five-star reviews that you should be leaving. Subscribe, rate, all that helps us out a lot. And as always, a big shout-out to Zach Hanna at zachhanna.co, who does all our artwork for the Instagram page. Mm-hmm. And you can always find all those links in the show notes as well for everything we talk about. Right. I'm super excited for today's guest because we have Rose Fernando joining us in just a second here, and she is the ambassador for Johnny Walker, and I have a bit of a scotch boner for Johnny Walker, so I'm excited to have her on the show and talk all things Johnny Walker, so let's just get right to it. Perfect. Rose, how are you? Thanks for joining us. I'm very good, thank you guys. How are you doing this evening? We're all right. It's a little earlier for us than you. Rose is joining us from London, England, so thanks for staying up (laughs) to do the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah. I am being serious. So when I got into scotch as a younger man, I was uh, like a single malt nerd. And I didn't, I was like, as a result, kind of, uh, I don't know, you almost looked down your nose at blended scotch until I started to get into some blended scotches and realize how good Mm -hmm. Johnny Walker actually is. So let's talk first about how you got into scotch and and then specifically, we'll get into some Johnny Walker conversation. So I was a rebellious teen. <laughs> um, it started off as a lot of teens do, JD and Whiskey, Jack Daniels, um, JD and Coke. Um, it started off like that. Didn't really like it, but it was cheap enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and then as I got older, I started branching off into different types of alcohol, experimenting, doing different cocktails. I think my real passion for whiskey grew when I actually became a cocktail waitress in Shoreditch. And I won my first cocktail competition with, that was my very first competition I entered. And then I ended up winning it. I've always said it was completely by fluke because I'd forgotten I'd entered. And then the deadline email came and I was like, oh, shit, I've got nothing to submit. (laughs) I literally, the only alcohol I had was an unopened bottle of Red Label whiskey. And threw that into a Boston shaker, added whatever was in my cupboard. We was allowed six ingredients, added five other things on top, put it into a fancy glass, submitted it, ended up winning the competition. So then I was like, okay. Do you remember what the other ingredients were? I do now. Yeah. (laughs) um, I wanted to recreate it to actually taste it because when I submitted it, I hadn't tasted it. Uh, Um, What? Yeah. So I tasted it after. And I was like, okay, I can get into this kind of whiskey. So I started experimenting more with the Johnny Walker core line. And then the passion for collecting got serious when I got gifted my first bottle of Blue Label. Uh, and I kept it kept it for years unopened and then there was one day I thought ah fuck it I'm gonna open it opened it tasted it loved it the next day just started collecting the Johnny Walker whiskey range a bad day or a good day depends on which day you ask the question no I mean like the day that you cracked the Johnny Walker blue like did you crack crack it depends on which day you ask the question (laughs) (laughs) okay i got you it's amazing on other days it's a bad day because it's a very expensive habit yeah oh i see what you mean yeah uh well we're actually i mean this is an audio show so you can't see but we are actually drinking it right now Uh, and it is dynamite that we i figured since we were going to have you on we should Drink some uh, high-level Johnny Walker. Although, I will say, so again, talking earlier, like I was a bit of a snob. I was a single malt, malt snob, and I wasn't sure about the blends. And Johnny Walker, mm-hmm. generally, and this is no slag to Johnny Walker Red, but it's like your, your bar rail-level blended scotch mm-hmm. in the Johnny Walker brand. And that was mostly what I had drank. And there's nothing wrong with now going back. I'm like, that's there's nothing wrong with Johnny Walker. But it, it was always sort of the stuff you got on the airplane if you wanted scotch yeah yeah right and uh then i got it into johnny black and green and platinum and like there's so many good designations of this whiskey and they're all uniquely different so maybe you can just sort of describe the different designations and and how you view them so the way that i've always thought about it is red label is easy discernible because Red is typically the colour of spice. So that really discerns the red label. It's got a nice chilli background to it. It's got a nice spice. It's not too sweet. There's no smoke added to it with peat. So that's a really nice one to use as a foundation type of whiskey against other type of blends that you may encounter. So it's really good foundation whiskey to build your palate on for want of a different term. Black label is a really good foundation palette for smoky whiskies Mm -hmm. so it's a good introduction to pee it's not too peated where when you have a dram of it you instantly get put off whiskey it's a nice introduction to a peated whiskey so especially to a peated blend so where it's not too hot on the throat it's got a nice finish to it and it's also a very nice introduction to the double black which obviously is double the smoke 
it's double the tartiness of the smoke in it. But that one, again, is a good foundation for smoky whiskies from more up north Scotland that you can bring into comparison. So they're some of the main core lines. The gold, oh, the gold is my favourite. Every really girl good. loves the gold. <laughs> but, <doesn't really laughs> but the best way I say to serve gold, straight from the freezer. Oh, if really? If you haven't tried it before, try it. Thank me in my DMs. Ha, huh. so I never would have, I'll stop you right there and then we'll keep going with the different designations, but uh, I never would have considered putting any scotch in the freezer. So tell me why. Um, it just, I don't know what it is about the chill effect on it. It just opens up an explosion with the tastes, with the flavors of the whiskey. When you drum it cold, it's it's almost like a completely different expression. So if you jam it at room temperature, you get a lot of the honey, the caramel, the toffee fudge stick. But if you jam it chilled, you get more of a rum and raisin type of flavor. It's more silky, like a fine cognac. It just goes down amazingly. Hmm. Wow, that's crazy. That's a good tip. I'm going to... I'm, we'll definitely be trying that for the next podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> if we can find it actually i went to the so we're in ontario in canada and mm-hmm. so we have to buy everything through the liquor control board of ontario they bring in everything and i was shocked johnny walker is hard to find here now like all we could get all I, all they had was at the first store i went to was red and black and mm-hmm. then i searched for somewhere to find blue which is what we're drinking now but like no green, no platinum, no gold. So I don't know what's going on here, but we're we're in a Johnny Walker yeah, shortage. Been very hard to find since it's now discontinued. Oh, they, <laughs> they rebranded it as the eighteen. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I couldn't find that either. But uh, okay, so let's talk about the platinum. Tell me a little bit about that one. Um, the, so what's the now the eighteen? Is- yeah. Yes, it's now the 18. Some people, well, the whiskey community as a whole is quite divided in terms of the rebrand of the platinum. Um, One, it's sold very, very well as a platinum label blend of Johnny Walker whiskey. It was very elusive. It was very exclusive to have a bottle of platinum. Then when the rebrand came and it got released as an 18, even though the platinum was an 18-year aged whiskey, a lot of people were divided because some thought that it didn't taste the same as platinum. Others thought that the differentiation in taste was so big that they could have kept platinum and 18. Me personally, I love both. I don't think that there is that much differentiation in taste. There is, obviously, if you're going to drink two bottles of black, one from last year, one from this year, you may taste a slight differentiation because it is a blended whiskey. Mm-hmm. They do aging cask. Some cask might not mature the whiskey inside quite as fast. Some might mature it too fast. It all depends. It's all a science. It's nothing that's completely, completely nailed and stung for want of a different term. But I love the 18 bottle. I've actually got, have I got one. Yes. Bear with me one second. I would be surprised if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this is one of the times where I wish that this was a video show so you could see the beautiful cabinet that Rose has behind her. Uh, it's crazy. And she's got a shit ton of 
scotch back there. <laughs> so again, I also wish it was a video show, but this is the old platinum. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one you can't really buy anymore in shops. You're more likely to find it online. Definitely you can find them at auction, but this is no more in season again for want of a better word. So this one got rebranded with the 18. Gotcha. Okay. So we I haven't even seen the 18 in Ontario yet. Hope, I really hope you get it soon because, again, it's an exquisite whiskey. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Um, so, like, okay, well, one thing I wanted to talk about since you brought it up is, like, because the scotches are blend, or Johnny Walker scotches, for instance, are blended scotches in general, they're blending a bunch of whiskeys together and then aging them. The flavor can be different with each time that they release a bottling of it, correct? Yes. Yeah, so how do... How does a company like Johnny Walker, like, I guess uh, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question properly, but like you just kind of roll into the knowledge of that, that it's not always going to taste the same, but you try and make it taste as similar as possible with every bottling? So what it is, is in Scotland, approximately, there's roughly 20 million casks of aging whiskey. I think that's phenomenal, considering that means there's 3.5 casks maturing for every one person in scotland great and they probably want to drink them <laughs> i know i do and I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too three and a half sounds just about right yeah so johnny walker um is obviously run by their parent company diageo right and diageo in its banks has approximately 10 million casts at any time so half of the whiskey casts that are currently maturing in Scotland belong to Diageo. So through that, they've got access to an unlimited library of different aged whiskies, different blends, different blenders that blend them. The master blenders of Johnny Walker, they're fabulous. And I'm so happy that a woman is at control. I love Emma Walker's bits. But yeah, so because they've got access to so many casks, they can always release black label, red label, blue label, Scientifically, they can get the blend. Okay. So that's how they always manage to get. I'll I'll confidently say ninety eight percent of the time the blend on point. Right. Huh. Okay. So yeah. So people can expect to like and and I mean if you've tried the product like if if you are for instance because I've known that like when I was younger I knew people who were like definitive Johnny Red drinkers, definitive mm-hmm. Johnny Black drinkers. And I became sort of like more as like my my at home sipping scotch was a Johnny Black because it's just like I like you mentioned earlier I like sort of the the peatiness of it it reminded me more of a single malt but you know it, it's not crazy expensive and and it's also like a great just like on a, on a couple of cubes of ice just like a nice easy sipping scotch so it's good to know that people who are familiar with those expressions are basically going to be getting the same shit all the time yeah. yeah okay so let's talk about green label because i love green label and i'm pretty fascinated by it so green label i did um detect that you do like your single malts so mm. i'm not surprised that you do like green label considering that it's a blend of only single malts whiskies right so it's not a blend of mixed malts it's not a blend of other blended scotch it's just a blend of ex- of only single malt whiskey so a lot of people that normally look down their nose or frown on a blended whiskey because they're bona fide single malt drinkers, I always like to introduce them to the range with mm-hmm. a green label. 
right. then them it surprises them sometimes that it's actually a blended whiskey. Some people can detect that it is a blended whiskey, but most of all, the overall comparison is for a blended single malt, it stands up quite well to just a single malt. Yeah, I really like it. I like the Christmas, Christmas, the crispness <laughs> of the green label. I love, I love to jam it on a summer evening. Well, if it makes you feel better, I have drank a lot of it at Christmas time. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is delicious. So, and then, am I missing anything before blue? <laughs> There's quite a lot of different ranges now in the expression lineup, but the core lineup you have. Yeah, the red, the black, the gold, the green, and then you have the blue. Mm. The king of all kings. So, yeah, the blue is, and again, this is only my younger, like, snobby days where I was basically an idiot that I was, like, it was like I was like, oh, Johnny Blue, it's overrated. I would rather just have Highland Park mm-hmm. 18 year, which is way cheaper, blah, blah, blah. But, then you like we're drinking it right now. I mean, it's absolutely stunning. Like it's like so much flavor, so much expression. There's there's sweetness to it, but it's still got mm-hmm. a little peatiness to it, just like a touch. Yeah. yeah. And and this was the one that you that sort of got you into it. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Let's talk about you a little bit. So you started as a bartender. You're doing craft cocktail and competitions mm-hmm. by the seat of your pants, apparently. But <laughs> but. Uh, and then you got into Johnny Walker, so and you start collecting. So how did you transition into actually becoming an ambassador for the brand? So through my Instagram account, I was connecting with high executives of Diageo. They were getting to know me through my collection, through my posts. And I was conversing with one of them who told me about the Johnny Walker experience opening. So instantly I was fascinated. For me, that was like the Disneyland of whiskey was opening in Scotland somehow I had to be a part of this move had to be a part of it I wasn't going to take no for an answer so he recommended um, me for one of the positions I applied for it that's how I became an experienced ambassador for Johnny Walker and then um, over the course of the next year and a half they were still um, building the building there was a few delays due to COVID to be expected Mm -hmm. and then they opened on the 6th of September Unfortunately, I wasn't able to actually work at Johnny Walker Princess Street. Um, I had some health issues that kept forcing me to return back to London. Um, And then at the beginning of this year, I had to resign from my position as an experienced ambassador for them um, because of certain health reasons and whatnot. Um, Still very much in contact with high levels executives in contact with um, some of the executives here down in London, got a few projects that are getting lined up in terms of with Johnny Walker and certain other establishments and bars and a few hotspots in London in terms of doing tastings, introducing Johnny Walkers to different bars, things like that. So yeah, I really do love the brand. I'm always kind of representing the brand wherever I go. Kind of difficult not to when you've actually got a permanent Johnny Walker tattoo and <laughs> people see it and then they get started like, you're female, why do you drink whiskey? And for me, that is one of the best questions in the world because then that means I can talk your ears off about women drinking whiskey for the next four hours. Right. I mean, to me, that seems like a 
that seems like a crazy question to begin with because like why the fuck would women not drink whiskey but like <laughs> but i stereotype yeah. older men cigar in one hand gentlemen smoking room whiskey in a tumbler in the other hand Right, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about it. So you obviously spent some time in Scotland as well. Mm-hmm. What? Let, can we talk a little bit about the difference in the scene, say, in like, I know London's very, like, world-renowned for essentially inventing the craft cocktail scene, mm-hmm. craft cocktail in general. What? How is the scene different in, say, London proper to, like, areas of Scotland? Um, in Scotland, you definitely get a lot more whiskey-based cocktails in london you get the general old fashions you get the general whiskey sours it's very rare that you'll ever find a whiskey highball let alone a johnny walker highball being served in london whereas in scotland especially in edinburgh every other bar is serving johnny walker highballs specifically johnny walker highballs okay so in london you'll generally see a bottle of black or gold behind the bar. Um, very rare to see a bottle of, I'm sorry, a bottle of red and black behind the bar. Very rare to see a bottle of gold. Some more established bars, you might see a blue label on the top shelf, but the way that they market Johnny Walker in London isn't quite known about. There's more adverts nowadays since Johnny Walker Princess Street in Edinburgh opened. But apart from that, there's hardly any marketing towards whiskey in general. Whereas obviously in Scotland, whether you drink or not, you know that it's a whiskey area, it's a whiskey country. There's literally whiskey everywhere. Even at the moment at the bar that I'm working at that I currently cocktail at, they don't have any Johnny Walker behind the bar. And it's not unknown because areas won't stop Johnny Walker because it's not what they're used to selling. So that's something that I'm looking to break down, especially in my local area, do a lot more whiskey tastings, introduce people more to Johnny Walker, let them start start to stop ordering Jack Daniels because it's a waste of water. Um, <laughs> you're not wrong. There's <laughs> out there that are dying from thirst and you're wasting water on Jack Daniels. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, that's amazing. So true. So, and a lot of, like, gin-based cocktails as well in London, I'm sure, right? Oh, yes. Gin yeah. is definitely on trend in London, especially pink gin. Now, um, even alcohol-free gin now is a fad everywhere you go. Free. You alcohol-free. It's <laughs> <laughs> Gordon's has even released a pink 0.0 gin. Ugh. Now that's making the rounds, and it's like, you don't want to drink, so don't drink. Yeah, that's right. I know. I, I go back and forth with that, too, because at some points I'm like, OK, I get like if you're a designated driver or maybe you're pregnant or there's other reasons where maybe you gave up drinking or whatever, but you still want to go out and experience cocktails with your friends. I kind of get it. But it's also like, do you find it's becoming more and more prevalent, like the people wanting mocktails or like alcohol-free cocktails like it's just, it's it's almost um, taking over it is taking over it is very prevalent especially with children that will come to the pub and the bar before six o'clock when they're allowed in and uh, they just want an orange juice and they want to fill part of the crowd yeah, so yeah, we'll yeah. make them a mocktail and either a champagne glass or a martini glass and with that 
it's becoming more on trend for little kids now to order mocktails. Oh. And, and then, then when they, they get older, they're used to that. They sell mocktails. They sell freezable mocktails. Huh. So that it is very becoming on trend. Because mm-hmm. so. I'm, I'm fascinated by like the whole cocktail scene in London because, again, it's where it started. Where, where do you see it going right now? Like, what are the new trends in craft cocktailing in London? Um. It's definitely going more gastronomical, more sustainable. They're more looking at different avenues of less wastage in cocktails. Like if you're using the strawberry, use the whole strawberry. Don't take the head off the strawberry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely more geared towards zero waste these days. That's more what the publicity is about cocktails. More about using sustainable ingredients, more about using more local ingredients. You see a lot more local inspired cocktails that are coming out where especially more on the fringes on the countryside where you're actually using local produce to make your cocktails like some of them that are now starting to come out are just crazy smart and also tasty yet they don't you don't want them to be tasty (laughs) by the name of them or when you see what's actually in them and then you taste them and it's like wow so and okay so Go, like let's let's go back a little bit when you were talking about like when you first started your when you made your first craft cocktail you didn't even fucking taste it and submitted it you won the competition how long were you doing did you continue to do competitions after that or were you no, that was the only one the, that i did well yeah when you had a home run on your first at bat why <laughs> that's when you hang the cleats up <laughs> uh, that's funny uh so how long have you been bartending then um, so I started seriously, I would say when I was about 26, 27, and then I left bartending for a while and got into a more mainstream hotel hospitality. And I was a supervisor of a private lounge where in there drinks were free for the guests. So I was allowed to go wild on the cocktails. Right. So if a guest wanted, say, for instance, a gin and tonic, I will give them something that had gin in it, that had tonic in it, but they weren't the only ingredients in it. Like they'll be getting bright blue drinks or bright yellow drinks and they wouldn't know what's in it, but they would always love it. Mm-hmm. So I never continued doing cocktail competitions. I'm more the type of person that once I meet you and then I start talking to you and engaging in conversation, I start to know a little bit more about you and I would more like to craft a cocktail based on someone's personality or what they're saying than just a regular Long Island iced tea or a Cuba Libre or a mojito. Where where was this resort? And like, describe it a little bit more. That's interesting to me. Oh, so this was um, the St. Pancras Renaissance Hotel in King's Cross in their private members club. Oh, okay. So you essentially pay for a membership and then you can come to the club yeah and or you stay in certain rooms of the hotel and you have access yeah gotcha like a certain type of room you get access yeah ah interesting and so how was that experience bartending because i imagine you get some pretty pretentious motherfuckers at a place like that you do but if you know how to squish the beat or you can keep them in track yeah. <laughs> fair enough fair enough. you've always got to remember that you know who's going to be cleaning their rooms just always remind them in a very nice and polite way that you know who's cleaning your room <laughs> amazing amazing okay so the other thing i'm sort of interested in asking you about is like talking about like 
the Johnny Walker experience in Scotland. Like, obviously, Johnny Walker is a massive brand. But again, going back to like how I got into Scotch, there's a lot of probably pretty pretentious single malt drinkers in Scotland because of all the distilleries mm-hmm. there as well. So how has Johnny Walker looked at in Scotland? So it still is very much loved. It still is very widely accepted. Again, especially in Edinburgh, I haven't really travelled out a lot out of Edinburgh when I was up there. So I'm mainly only generally talking about Edinburgh. You always get on any whiskey menu, you'll always see Johnny Walker up there. You'll always see Johnny Walker cocktails. You'll you'll see they're always ranged there up against McAllen's, up against Highland Park, up against um, Glenallachy, up against all of the other whiskey distilleries. And you do still hear people ordering them. It's very, it's very, very often that you get them. And the best thing I think about the Johnny Walker experience in Princess Street is their journeys of flavor. It really breaks down the whiskeys. It really breaks down the flavor profiles. Like even before you go onto the tour, you have to take this questionnaire that it, that through the questions that is answered in the questionnaire, you're given a color wristband. Now, when you go on the journey of flavor, that color wristband will determine your first cocktail that oh. is made for what for the cho- options that you've chosen, whether you like single malts, whether you, you're just a neat whiskey drinker. It introduces you to different ways of enjoying whiskey. And it's telling you that there isn't a right or a wrong way to drink whiskey. If you want to drink it with ice, drink it with ice. If you want to drink it in a highball, drink it in a highball. There's no right or wrong way to drink whiskey. Then it gets more into the four corners of Johnny Walker, the four main distilleries that they work with. And then so on that tour, you get three different drinks um, to experience Johnny Walker whiskey in different ways. If for whatever reason you don't like the colour wristband that you've got, you can always change your drink options. There's always a different way that you can enjoy Johnny Walker whiskey. They've got the rooftop bars, which house other whiskies as well from our distilleries. They do fantastic cocktails up there. It really opens up your mind that sometimes you can drink a cocktail and not actually know it's a whiskey-based cocktail. So it it really is fucking whiskey Disney World. It really, truly is. (laughs) Get yourself to Scotland to go. It is absolutely phenomenal. I think that's amazing because I think uh, like a lot of people, we've had a bunch of whiskey ambassadors on the show before. And I think most people think, oh, if I'm going to go to Scotland, I'm going to go to the major single malt distilleries while I'm there. Mm -hmm. So this is good for people to listen to because I I mean, I think I even would have done that now. But now if I went, sorry, when I go to Scotland, I'm definitely going to hit that up. That sounds amazing. It's, It's phenomenal. Downstairs, they've got a whiskey maker seller. It's the largest seller in Europe. In a in a city of whiskey, there That's is no crazy. other whiskey seller bigger than that. And down there, they can create your own blends. And um, there's a specific tour that's just for that. Then there's you've got the Bothy, you've got the eighteen twenty bar, you've got the rooftop terrace, you've got venues inside where they do artistic performances, singing, all different kinds of things. It, it literally is eight stories of Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory for whiskey. <laughs> Amazing. Well, if you ever stop spending money on your house, Dan, we're going to go. God damn, yeah. <laughs> I should have bought a fucking condo. <laughs> fucking old homes. It's just a goddamn money pit. Do they have... Do they... Johnny Walker Princess Street is literally missing is a massive slide. <laughs> and do they have a mascot? Kind of. They've got the striding man. 
Oh, yeah. Like, is there a guy walking around in the striding man suit? No, but there's massive statues of the striding man. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that works then. Yeah, it is. That's fucking yeah. Disney World. <laughs> so with your health issues and having to give up on that job, you must have been massively disappointed. I was absolutely gutted. Yeah. Give it up, move back to London. But then on the same on the same thread, I've always got to do what is best for myself before I sure. can do what's best for someone else. So I knew that I had made the right decision for me. I know the door's always open if and when I want to go back. So for the meantime, I'll just remain in London, build up my health back up again. And if I do want to then pursue a career with Johnny Walker, then I fully will throw myself into it. If not, I still will try and pursue a career with Diageo, still do my projects alongside them, and then just see where life takes me. Right. And and it seems like, obviously, it's a good company to work for because they've got they've got your back as well to bring you back Mm -hmm. at any point. Right. And, and it's still working alongside them doing what you're doing. Like you're clearly still repping the brands, even though you're not actually working for the company anymore. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's, it literally is my favorite whiskey. Right. Yeah. If I work for them or not, I would still rep the brand. I had the tattoo before I even got the job. And then when my future manager actually saw it, he was like, before or after you got the job. I was like, before. (laughs) (laughs) like directly before the interview (laughs) still bleeding (laughs) Uh, this is an audio show so i'm not asking you to show it to me but where is the tattoo oh it's right around there yeah that's awesome (laughs) cool yeah amazing have you gotten to meet anyone like sort of high up at the distillery at the experience, yes. I've also managed to meet some of their brand ambassadors, their global brand ambassador. I met I met a few of them before I even got the job at Johnny Walker because I've been interacting with them through Instagram, seeing them at the whiskey show, um, seeing them at various other events, various launches. Um, so yeah, and they're absolutely phenomenal guys. They're yeah. They're not drunk all the time, which is a common misbelief about a whiskey ambassador, but when they are, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, it's funny. When the first bar I owned, we had one of the ambassadors, I don't know what level, come to, but he wore a kilt, I know that. Uh, he come to do a, a sort of a food pairing Johnny Walker dinner at uh, mm-hmm. my bar. and But he was exactly what you expect from the classic whiskey ambassador. He was like big beard, ruddy faced from a lot of drinking, but like, but thick Scotch accent, but like definitely like sold the fuck out of it. Right. Like by the end of the presentation, you were like, yes, Johnny Walker. (laughs) You know, I think that's kind of where I got my love for it a little bit that, and you know, doing a lot of flying in my life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can always get Johnny Walker on a plane. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, Actually, that's an interesting question. Do you have any idea how they get those contracts with these airlines? Nope. No, no I idea mean, whatsoever. Yeah, but it's—I mean, that—that—that's got to be a huge amount of business for them. Definitely. Like just to be the brand that they serve on the airplanes. Yeah, good advertising. Yeah, yeah, they do have a good advertising campaign, but you don't. The weird thing about it is they do it classy. Like you don't see a lot of Johnny Walker commercials on TV. Mm-hmm. But you'll see the ads in like print magazines and shit like Mm -hmm. that is where you more often see it. Um, How much do you think that that sort of branding has helped them as a company? I think it's helped them massively, especially when it must be about just over 10 years now when the 
Johnny Walker brand actually left Kilmarnock. That really, really hurt the brand. So now they've done a lot to build it back up in public reputation, public response. Um, so, yeah, I think they're doing really, really well. Sometimes around Christmas time, they do release a televised advert. This year, well, no, not this year, last year now, it was praised on the way that it was done. It was very classy. It wasn't mainly about the whiskey itself. It was mainly about family enjoying time with loved ones. It was more homey right. than if someone going to a bar ordering a red label or a black label and just drinking it by themselves on Christmas night. Right. Um, so they've done a lot for public perception of the brand. They've done a lot with new blends that they've introduced into different markets around the world. Um, so they're really branching out into different flavor profiles now. Um, like last year, they launched the Johnny Walker Blonde, which was the first whiskey on the market that was made to be mixed. It wasn't oh. made drunk knee or drunk oh. with ice. It was literally made to be mixed with lemonade. Huh. So no shit. First to do that. Then I think it was Glenn Morangi followed shortly after with their one. Um, not bad in what it is, but it will never reach the levels of Johnny Walker Blonde. Right. Um, then they've now released another XR. They've released XR19, XR22. They've got a black label sherry cask and a black label sherry finish. So they're coming out now with a lot of different blends to hit on market. One of my most favorite blends, I think that's outside of the core range, would be Sweet Pea. Oh, tell me about this one. I don't even know about it. Um, So Sweet Pea is definitely a peated whiskey, but it doesn't have that sharpness of the peat to it. It's more a caramelized almond type of finish um, goes down really nice um, with ice. I love to drink it with ice. Um, I would say the best way to enjoy sweet peat though would be with the really good cloudy apple juice. Oh. And that really enhances the flavor of it. It's my one of my favorite Johnny Walker mixes if I was to mix a Johnny Walker. Um, but yeah. What do you think? So it's interesting because like, Back in the day, like the major Scotch distilleries, Johnny Walker obviously being one of them, were very like tight with their product. It was like, this is what we do. These are our brands. And now distilleries in all forms of liquor have like started to branch out into these like different, like like sort of extra brands, right? Like like you were talking mm-hmm. about like the sweet pea or one that's only drank with lemonade. Like is the cause for this just like straight competition? Um, I think the cause of this is I would say for me, I really like it because sometimes I tend to get bored with drinks that's always on the market. Like there's only so much that you can drink of one flavor. Mm -hmm. I think it's also more captivate, trying to captivate people away from the gin competition, away from vodkas, now that they're now introducing infusion spirits. Yeah, because they're just, everyone's doing so much shit now. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think okay. it's just is to try and capitalize on marketplaces and market trends. Because right now, the spirit industry, I think, is going through a major change in terms of flavors. And I think they're all just trying to branch out into something new. It's that I wouldn't be surprised if a distillery was to come out with a tequila cask finish for a whiskey. Yeah. That's yeah. just like the next thing that's going to happen. Oh, 100%. That's definitely so, going to happen. Yeah. So you as like a bartender, putting on your bartender hat for a second, 
how do you feel about all these like new designations of like flavored spirits and infused spirits? Like, isn't that what we're kind of supposed to be doing? It is. Sometimes it can make a bar um, tender's job easier if it's an infusion that you would have needed to readily mix behind the bar. If it's already like pre-made, that can make your job really easier. On the flip side, because now there's so much on the market, there's only so much space that you have behind a bar. So you right. can't get what everybody wants. And then you also run the risk of buying infusions that you're then stuck with because nobody wants it. Right. Right. Like there's certain infusions that I won't really name the brand because I, I don't really like to slam a brand like that. But there's different infusions now that are coming out of pink drinks right. that taste absolutely disgusting whether you mix it or you don't. Yeah. But they're trying to capitalize, and these are vodkas, but they're trying to capitalize on the pink gin market, which is yeah. doing really, really well. Right. But you can't just make a drink a certain color to try and capitalize on a market if it tastes like crap. Hmm. It doesn't yeah. work. So, yeah. okay. After all this time and all this experience and all this collection of Johnny Walker whiskey, if you were stranded on a desert island tomorrow, which bottle would you take with you? Are you only going to allow me one bottle? That's it. You got to make a choice. Oh, you should see the pain going through her face right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can it be a box? Okay. A box of bottle inside. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I know exactly what I'm going to take. Okay. <laughs> I think I've just broken your trick. <laughs> Ooh. I would have to take the Johnny Walker 12 Days of Discovery. <laughs> oh, what the fuck is this? I don't even know about this. <laughs> <laughs> so this was um, released last year, um, just before the Christmas season. So it's basically like the Johnny Walker advent calendar. Oh, my God. There's a Johnny Walker advent calendar? <laughs> wow, this. Yeah, but they don't want you to get too drunk on it, so they only give you 12 bottles, which I can't actually seem to get out of the box. Uh, that's all right. We can see the one side. Just tell us what's inside it. So inside you get two bottles of red, two bottles of black, two bottles of double black, two bottles of gold, two bottles of 18, and two bottles of blue label. All right. Well, you totally cheated that game, but that's a very good answer. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's super cool. That's awesome. That's what, now you know what to get me for Christmas, Dad. Uh, and also the one thing, going back to what you were saying earlier, like, you know, like, uh, of drinking shit at Christmas, like, like, one thing I do know about getting together with family at Christmas, it's very key to have a bottle of scotch. Yes. <laughs> uh, Rose, tell us how all of our listeners can get in touch with you over Instagram or social media or any other way. Um, so mainly it's Instagram at roses.johnnywalker. Um, that's the best place. Um, if you need to know any more information, if you want to know more cocktail ideas with whiskeys in general or particularly Johnny Walker whiskeys, give me a DM. Yeah, come check out the collection. Any questions about it, any questions at all, just feel free to send me a DM at roses.johnnywalker. Well, I really enjoyed this. Thanks so much for doing the show, Rose. That was super entertaining and informative. So. Uh, yeah, everybody should follow Rose on Instagram, and everybody should start drink more, drinking more Johnny Walker. Let's be honest. Get, Just get don't on. drink and drive. That's why Johnny always kept walking. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, that. Rose. Thanks very much. Yeah. No worries. Have a great evening, guys. <laughs>